In what year was the movie Empire Strikes Back released in the United States? The Rubik's Cube made its international debut in London, and Pac-Man the Arcade Game was released in Japan. The year was 1980. And why is that important? Because that was 40 years ago, and this is episode 40! Hello everybody, this is your host, Kaylin Chenoweth, and this is episode number 40, and I am so excited that we made it to episode 40, that is really cool. And it dawned on me a couple weeks ago that I've been doing this over a year now, my very first podcast was launched on July 5th, 2019. So now it's official. I've been doing this for over a year. Therefore, I'm quite the expert, she said with extreme sarcasm. I feel like I fumble my way through this sometimes. Today, to help celebrate episode 40, I have a really awesome treat for you guys. I was able to get Dr. Aurora Benson to come and be a guest on our podcast. As opposed to the traditional style of my interviews of question and answer, I'm letting her just take the rein and give a really awesome presentation for you. She started her own sustainability consulting company called Astropto, which when you read it, it looks like (laughs) Astropto, but it's called Astropto. It is biblical and it means to shine light and in her case to shine light on solutions to social and environmental issues and hospitality events and travel. Before we do that I want to share two awesome things that have been going on in my world. First of all I'm still doing the imperfect foods box that comes I have it come every other week and I got an email today that shows my impact progress from the boxes that I've received. I've received three boxes total so far. And it's really cool because it shows that I have helped save approximately 30 pounds of food, 1,200 gallons of water, and 103 pounds of carbon emissions, which is really fascinating to follow along and see the progress. Remember, if this is something that interests you and you want to have fresh produce delivered to your doorstep once a week or every two weeks, however often you want to do it. Don't forget that I have a promo code for you, which is START, and that'll get you $10 off your first box. The other thing I wanted to tell you about is my shampoo bar and conditioner that I bought over a year ago have run out, sadly. But that has put me in a position where now I can get to try the plain products. I talked about this in a previous episode. Plain Products, it's a program, it's a company, and their program is you purchase shampoo, conditioner, body wash, lotion, and now they have expanded their lines for face wash and hand sanitizer and makeup remover and other stuff. But anyways, you purchase these items and they mail them to you in a reusable aluminum bottle. So before you run out, you buy a refill and they will mail that to you in, again, another aluminum bottle, and you return your now empty aluminum bottles. They will mail you a return label that will cover the cost of shipping, so you don't even have to worry about that either. I went ahead and selected the Rosemary Mint Vanilla fragrance for shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and lotion. And let me tell you, it smells fantastic. The mint is very subtle, but it's also invigorating and helps wake you up which is great in the morning. 
I, however, am a nighttime shower person. So even though it smells really good, it woke me up when I was actually trying to calm down and go to bed. So next time I'm going to get the citrus lavender scent and give that a try. I've been using these products for over a week now and my hair is very soft and smooth and I really like it. And so did my two-year-old because he got into the lotion and got it all over his hands, his shirt, his legs, and the bathroom floor. So now my toddler and bathroom both smell really good too. So far I'm very happy with Plain products. I went ahead and reached out to the company to become an affiliate so that way I could get you guys a discount. If you are interested in this, when you go to their website, enter in the promo code START and you'll get 20% off. Oh, and I just remembered there's one more thing, so I lied. Instead of two things, there are now three things that I wanted to tell you, and here's the third one. The Norwex masks are in, and I got one, and it's awesome. It's a cloth mask, but it's very thin, and it's really soft on my face, not to mention breathable, very comfortable, too. It doesn't shift around a whole lot. I tend to yawn a lot because I'm still not sleeping through the night because my newborn still doesn't want to sleep through the night. <laughs> and with the paper masks or the previous cloth, cloth masks, every time I would yawn, it would come out. It would go from on top of my nose down to underneath my nose. And then I had to touch the mask to pull it back up over my nose. And I've noticed with the Norwex masks, it doesn't do that. And again, these masks have that backlock technology. They do not feel wet and moist at the end of the day like the other cloth masks that I was using. They still feel breathable and you don't get that funky bad breath smell lingering in them like you do with the cloth masks by the end of the day. You know what I'm talking about? Again, so if this does interest you, I'm giving a shout out to Katie Ellistad. You can go to Katie's Clean Haven and that's Katie K-A-T-I-E. So Katie's Clean Haven Facebook page and let her know that you're a listener of the podcast and you'll get a 10% discount on the Norwex masks. Without further ado, here's my discussion with Dr. Benson and the importance of buying local. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability. I have a wonderful guest for you today. I'm going to read the email that I received. It says, hello, I'm an intern with a sustainability consulting company called Astropto. I'm reaching out to you because I've recently been listening to your podcast and feel that it really aligns with our company's core peace values. Peace stands for practical, economically viable, approachable, celebrated, and enjoyable. Our founder, Dr. Aurora Dawn Benton, is a passionate sustainability consultant and speaker who founded Astropto to provide practical training and toolkits to make sustainability simplified and approachable for anybody with an open mind and a desire for change. She believes and empowers people of all ages to take ownership and drive change right where they are. She would love a chance to help inform and inspire your audience with a range of topics like food waste, buy local programs, change management, and stories of college students and young professionals making their roles sustainability-oriented despite titles or authority. She is all about inspiring and motivating without being overwhelming, and we would love to connect with you. Please feel free to reach out with any questions. Thank you, Emmy. And so I certainly did do that. I thought, man, this is a big deal. I definitely need to get her on my podcast. So Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, I have Dr. Aurora Benton here today, and she will be presenting on the importance of buying local. Hello, and welcome, Dr. Benton. 
thank you so much. Thank you for, it was great to hear actually hear you read out that email. Emmy's been great. I work with interns as a startup. I am lean and mean and have to make the best uses of young talent. And Emmy's been really fantastic in reaching out to people like yourself and connecting our common objectives and getting people to care about sustainability. So it's really great to have a platform like this to reach people that I might not have otherwise ever have met, including yourself, Kaylin. So thank you so much for allowing me an opportunity to talk about buy local and buy local of all the sustainability topics that I can talk about. And I talk about a lot of them. You heard a few of them mentioned a moment ago. Buy local holds a special place in my heart because it was sort of the theme of my doctorate study. So when I did my doctorate degree, I interviewed social entrepreneurs who were in the food business. They had a social and or environmental mission, usually both, they kind of go hand in hand. And I interviewed them to pick up on themes for how they start their business and how they overcome the kinds of obstacles and barriers that entrepreneurs of any kind uh, encounter. But what's the difference, you know, when you're trying to do something with a social or environmental purpose? And I've been, even before that, I have been mentoring social entrepreneurs for more than a decade and helping them with their business plans and helping them, you know, practice for uh, pitches for, for funding and grants and and then helping them also think about how to measure their social impact. And so the idea of buy local comes from, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm not the first one to think of buy local, right? It's, it's a big trend. But for me, my work in this space comes from the fact that these, these companies have, they face a lot of challenges, right? It is not easy. For anybody out there who's an entrepreneur, you know, it is not easy to get something off the ground very difficult to be an entrepreneur and you're always looking for that big break you're always looking for how can you grow your company and one way that entrepreneurs can grow their companies is to get other companies to buy their their products so i i've spent some time really trying to get like hotels and convention centers and you know retailers and such to go and work with local entrepreneurs and so for your audience who could be, you know, a range of people in there, wherever they are in life, right? So this may be a personal context and not necessarily a business to business transaction context, but to introduce your listeners to why buy local matters so much and what they might be able to do to integrate that more into their own purchasing decisions. And it may start at home and it may be able to extend to uh, other people that you have influence over as well as in your, wherever you work, right? There might be an opportunity there. So yeah, that makes sense. We do that where, so um, I'm actually a dietitian by trade and this podcast is done on the side and I manage cafeterias. And so we do a big, strong buy local of our farmers. And we, a lot of our 80% of our produce is local only because we're in Indiana. So there are certain things like bananas and pineapples that are not local, but we do 80%. And that's, that's one of the biggest 
drive that our company pushes for. So I, I like that, that we're aligning on that. Absolutely. And what I love about what you brought up is that you mentioned farmers, right? Buying from farmers. So one of the things that I love talking about when I talk about buy local is to really go beyond that first stop, which is what a lot of people are very familiar with because they've been to a farmer's market or even if they go to whatever the local, you know, like the big chain is in your area, you know, even the most of the chains now have like a little sign that says local or they'll say what state it comes from. So you'll know, right? And so I think that this whole idea of buying from farmers nearby has really caught on with larger companies. It, it still can be a challenge to buy from local farmers. Sometimes that has to do with volume, you know? So if you're ever wondering like, oh, why, why can't we serve local whatever? Well, it may be that, you know, especially if you're like maybe at a large event, they may not even be enough local whatever to satisfy that event. So sometimes there's a capacity problem. But what I like to do is really uh, expose people to the next, um, I'd say, I guess, like if you think of it almost like concentric circles, right? So a lot of us start with food because the idea of local food is so appealing. There's a lot of, there's already a lot of momentum in that area. So it's actually not very difficult to buy local food. It's not as easy as I would like it to be. And as much as I think a lot of people would like it to be, but it's easier. All right, so then what's beyond that concentric circle? So I think the next thing to think about is value add food products. So we're talking sauces and cookies and crackers and chips and other prepared foods, right? Packaged foods. And but in, then even beyond that, what other products and services are local that you can leverage? And so just, you know, first of all, kind of a little bit of why buying local is so important from a sustainability standpoint, right? So triple bottom line. So triple bottom line being people, planet, and profit. So from a people standpoint, like just even taking food, when you buy food locally, it means that it's picked at its peak ripeness, which means it has peak flavor and peak nutritional value. Right, so just in terms of making a tasty product and something that you would prefer to have. Uh, you know, what makes me think about this the most is I was, I was in Costa Rica a couple of years ago and the first morning I was there, I went and had breakfast and I'm just like one of those things where you're like the first, you, know, you talked about bananas and pineapples, right? That first taste of fruit I put in my mouth and I was like, oh, I forgot how good fruit is in South America when you're close <laughs> to the source, right? So the bananas weren't picked and, and then ripened in a shipping container, right? It was like, oh my gosh, it's such a difference that you can taste. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to buy bananas wherever I live, you know, whatever, however they are, are ripened. But if I can instead get a locally grown, um, you know, locally grown blueberries, right? You're, you're in, in, you're in the Midwest or really a lot of places, right? You can get I really just good. got a whole bunch of, I got 10 pounds of blueberries this past weekend. Locally. Oh my goodness. Right. And <laughs> yeah. it's probably just like, it's like you just eat them and you're like, Oh, Oh my goodness. They're just, they're so amazing. And that's, that's the value of local, right? Another reason that local is very helpful for the people part of this is, of course, job creation, which ties directly to economics. But I'm going to talk about another aspect of economics in a moment. But it's, it's great for job creation. 
Um, and it's just really great to like, like local entrepreneurs tend to buy from other local entrepreneurs, right? So it really kind of keeps all of this wonderful momentum, economic momentum in the community. From a profit standpoint, it for, of course, for those entrepreneurs, it's an opportunity to make money, to create jobs. That's really great. But there are other economic benefits in that uh, studies show that when you buy locally, a greater percentage of your tax dollars stay local. So that's infrastructure and all the things that we use tax dollars for, more of that money stays in the local economy, which helps everyone living in that area. It also, um, it, it can also mean greater opportunities for disadvantaged populations. If you, you know, if you buy from a social enterprise that might employ people who have barriers to employment, now you're not only just creating general jobs, but you're creating jobs for <clears throat> people who have like challenging access, right? So an example of this from a company, a, a nonprofit social enterprise that I'm aware of in Chicago, and there these are everywhere. I'm just thinking of one I know of in Chicago. They provide a job, create job training and skills for teen moms. They make candles, right? So it's a product they can sell. It's a beautiful product, and they're providing childcare and job creation, job skills uh, development for a population that might otherwise really face barriers to employment. And so that's a lot, there are lots of great economic benefits. Then environmentally, it's wonderful to buy local because you've shortened the supply chain. There's less carbon emissions and other elements of environmental impact, negative impact when that you're avoiding when you buy local. The other thing is that uh, especially food producers, local small scale food producers, food growers, and value add food producers, they tend to practice very sustain, they have very sustainable practices. And they may not often be certified organic or have some of these other certifications that you tend to recognize in the grocery store. And that's where the challenge really comes in for them because those kinds of uh, certifications are very expensive to get and they often can't meet some minimum thresholds or criteria. But if you know them and you know their story and you see where their food is grown and you uh, learn more about the details, you'll find that their practices are as good as or if not better than a certified organic. And so there's a lot of great environmental factor and, and because they're from the local area then they're going to be more aware of what is needed from a local environmental protection standpoint and so they're going to be more likely to prioritize those things so there you see so, sort of the uh, triple bottom line people planet and profit benefits of buying local i do have a quick question for you we're going to back up just a little bit can you 
help define what is local like oh my gosh yes <laughs> mileage because that's where i get into a conversation with people is it only my farmer's market what about is it my county is it my town is it my city is it my state can i support the surrounding state areas because now you get into transportation all of that stuff so what yes is is there a line on what is beneficial and when like when is it not local <laughs> absolutely no it's so funny that you say that because while i was talking a moment ago it's like oh yeah to remember to say what local is and then i forgot so you, you totally read my mind so there are okay there there are a few things that i i will say first of all local is not always as simple as saying a lot of people think of it as like a hundred mile radius sometimes it's a 200 mile radius um, but if you think about local in terms of geographic regions that are branded so if you think about the chesapeake bay right so when you think Chesapeake Bay, you think sort of the Maryland, DC, well, there's this whole region that is the Chesapeake Bay and it's not shaped in a perfectly round circle of a hundred mile radius, right? And so sometimes you have to be fluid with what defines local because it might be as related to a, a branded or I say branded, but sort of a known area like the Loire Valley of France or the Finger Lakes region of New York or something like that, right? And so, and also different certifications that have anything to do with local, like especially building certifications. Like if you're getting a, a LEED certified building or a living built, um, the, the Living Institute has the this Living Building Challenge. And with those types of things, there are criteria for sourcing materials within X miles. And they give definitions for that. And it might be 250 for certain things, 500 for others. And so the reason that you have this range of miles is sometimes it depends on, you know, if I'm trying to buy a certain product local, and it, is, it just doesn't grow within 100 miles of me, but it does grow within 500 miles of me, well, that's as local as I can get, right? Just because of maybe climate or, you know, in terms of like temperatures and what grows well, geography, other factors that come into play. So that's one aspect of defining local. There is no regulated term for what it means. So you can kind of decide for yourself what that means and, and it might depend a lot on what you're buying. The other thing that I would say as it relates to defining local, and I'm glad you said earlier, Kaylin, the idea of like bananas and pineapple. So I often give the example of olive oil. So if you are, if you're thinking about olive oil, let's say you you're, uh, you're run a, a, an Italian restaurant and you're going to buy olive oil. Well, you know, you can buy olive oil from California. That would be about as local as you can get in the United States because olives don't grow well in most of the climates of the United States. Or you could get imported olive oil. If you're going for the cheap stuff, you're going to probably get some diluted and tainted stuff that may come from China or other regions, maybe from Chile. But if you're running an Italian restaurant, you probably should import Italian olive oil, right? You might pay a little bit more for it, but it's also sort of in keeping with what you're trying to present, right, in terms of Italian food. And so local can be um, 
you, you almost have to have this local mindset for these other regions of the world. And I think also when it comes to certain ingredients, the equivalent of sort of a bi-local mentality is to look for um, certifications and labels that show a care for people who grow and produce the food. So a great example of this is chocolate. There's still actually a lot of slave labor in the chocolate supply chain. And thank goodness, a lot of companies around the world are really working towards reducing that. But the chocolate supply chain is, is very opaque, meaning it's very hard to have transparency and reporting and really understand what's going on when you work with small scale farmers in countries and that, you know, they probably don't even have bank accounts you know, and so it's a very challenging thing. And, but still there, you will see sometimes on chocolate, the label that says fair trade or direct trade or some of the others that, that relate to how farmers are treated and workers are treated and paid for their chocolate. So if you're talking about buying chocolate from a local chocolate maker, right? Chocolate, there's lots of local chocolate makers in a lot of markets around the country and around the world, where are they sourcing their cacao from? Where does their chocolate, where does their base chocolate come from? Because they're not growing it in Indiana or Oregon, right? So where are they getting that base chocolate from? So it's not going to be local. So you can buy a locally made candy bar, but their ingredients have to come from somewhere far away. And so what can you do to make sure that there's care and, and sustainability in the purchase of that? So I think that's an another element to another sort of lens to look through when you're thinking about buying local. I'm glad that you brought that up because I get so excited for local candy shops and not until just now have I ever thought, where do they get their ingredients? I'm thinking I'm supporting a mom and pop local place versus something that I can pick up in the checkout line at the grocery store. But I do have another question because you mentioned chocolate here in Indiana, about 40 minutes from my house is a Nestle factory. So some people will contest that by buying Nestle products, they are supporting local because they have friends and family members who work at that factory. So by buying Nestle products, they're now supporting their friends and family's paychecks and their job security. What is your thought on that? Yeah, that's, that is really tough because so first of all, Nestle is, is one of the companies that does still have uh, problematic supply chains. There is slave labor in their supply chain. It's, and, and you know, not to defend them or bash them because this, these are not easy things to deal with. And for decades, we have all consumed chocolate and driven the demand for chocolate without caring that there was slave labor in the supply chain. And so over the last you know, decade or so that there's been more and more light shed on this, there's more and more efforts. It's gonna take a while though, because a company like Nestle can't, there's, there's, it's too difficult for them to suddenly switch their entire supply chain. They, they, if they switched all to direct and fair trade chocolate, first of all, there may not be enough uh, inventory in the world. I, I'm not sure about that, but maybe there's not. And it would drive costs up so much, 
right? So there, so there's that element, right? And and you have to make your own personal decision as to whether or not you're going to continue to support that or not. And and again, I'm not judging people for the choices. I don't make perfect choices across the board. No one does. So you have to be careful about that. Personally, for me, I won't eat it because I have a personal commitment about chocolate. But then there are other things I buy that I'm sure you know <laughs> break other people's rules, right? And so. Um, you know, and I think that in terms of whether it's local or not, I think one of the things you have to consider is yes, it does create local jobs, but wouldn't it be great if there were other companies that could also, you know, compete in that space and offer good jobs to those people? The money for that you, when you buy a, a, from that brand at the grocery store, that money is not really going to your local factory. Right. I mean, yes, people are getting jobs locally and that that, of course, I, I can understand that argument, but that money is going to headquarters and shareholders around the world. Right. So it doesn't as quite as much feed into the local community. Now, that said, I don't know about this particular scenario, but sometimes larger companies do a really good job at a plant level or a location level of investing in the local community. Maybe they support the local little league team. Maybe they're great at sending employees to clean up parks. You know, if, they, if they're a good citizen, then I think that that also changes the dynamic. Like I'm, I have a lot more appreciation for a large company who has a location and in that location, they treat it like, hey, this is our home. We're not, this isn't just a convenient, cheap place where we can get cheap labor and a cheap land and there's low environmental regulations. So we can come in and, you know, that's, that's, those are sometimes the reasons people, uh, companies will choose where they locate, right? Tax breaks and things like that. But if when they're there, they can really be a good citizen and embrace the, um, the local community, then I, I do think that maybe there's a, a little bit of a, an argument to be made there. Those are all excellent points. Thank you so much for, for humoring me and sure. getting into the discussion with me on that. Because that is something that I'll have conversations with people here. They're like, oh, well, for all the things that you just mentioned that, you know, it might be local because of the physical location, but you're right, the money is going to headquarters, but you have to weigh the pros and cons. Is it mm -hmm. a fair trade? Is it, are they treating their employees correctly? Are they taking care of the community? Are they giving back? You, you kind of have to weigh it all out. You had mentioned that you personally won't eat certain chocolates, but if somebody were to gift me a Kit Kat, which is one of my favorite candy bars, I'm not going to say, oh, well, I'm not going to eat that because it's not, it's not in a sustainable packaging and it's not fair trade. I'm just going to say, thank you so much. And I'll probably end up eating it because I already bought it. Either I'm going to eat or I'm going to give it to somebody else to eat because I can't return it to the store. But it, at least when you look into programs like that, it kind of helps justify accepting a gift like that without feeling so guilty. Well, and here's, I'm glad you brought up that example because here's, here's an idea that I love to suggest to people. So let's say, for example, you're going to hold a baby shower or a wedding shower or some kind of party or something, something where you would probably give and have gifts. If you wanted to make that a buy local, you could then, and, and this, this, 
this doesn't always work out. Like I, I've thought before, like, oh, I'll buy fair trade chocolate for Halloween. Yep, it's too expensive. <laughs> like, like I can't afford to buy, you know, fair trade and direct trade like that many candy bars. Um, but I think if you're like, let's say you're holding some kind of party, a, a shower or something, you know, I did an event where I spoke about buy local and it was in San Francisco and I really wanted to demonstrate to the attendees at this event. So it was about a hundred and so people at this, in this event. And I came in, I went to San Francisco. I got there a day early and I spent the day doing a scavenger hunt around San Francisco. And I went around and found different, um, I found some locally made chocolate bars. I found some locally made um, like artisan stuff, just just some really interesting random stuff. And and just that whole process of shopping local, you know, is is probably a different question and how you find those things. But I thought, you know, this is such, this would be such a great idea if you're doing like a, a part, a birthday party or a shower or something special, some kind of special occasion to really encourage everyone to bring something that supports a local business, right? Like, because I think what happens is we buy the things we buy because we're on autopilot and we don't necessarily stop and think who made this, where was it made, how was it made? And unless you really are one of these people who really seeks out local boutiques or goes online and finds the local shop, the local maker, then, you, you know, you're probably just going to go down to your big box, whatever big box retailer and pick whatever was made in China and, you know, put a pretty package around it and, and there you go. And it's, and that's nice, but how much more special would it be if people took the time to find things that were made locally and have a story behind them and you can say oh my god i met the person who made this and this is how she came up with it and you know you have it, it just adds so many layers to the experience and um so i i think that's kind of you know yeah i think you could buy go to the store and buy somebody you know the Kit Kat bar but why not take a little extra time and research whether there's a local candy maker and even if they don't buy fair trade chocolate, at least like go and buy from that local candy maker, ask them a little bit about their business. And, and I think it enriches the experience. I like that. I like that a lot. I think it, it is fun to do the scavenger hunt idea. And I'm guilty of this. We went on vacation to Gulf Shores, Alabama about a month ago. And when we got there, it's you're like, okay, well, we're here but we got here at eight o'clock at night because the traffic was bad and we need to buy groceries. And there's, I don't know where a farmer's market is. I don't know where a local supermarket is. I, we passed a Walmart on the way in. We're going to go there and do the grocery shopping just to check it off our list. And I think by reminding people, you know, you don't have to grocery shop for the entire week at Walmart. You can just do it for that night, maybe the next day to get you through, but then take the time to go explore your area. And in that case, I mean, it's, it's not local to my vacation destination, but it's a new spot and I'd be still supporting the local economy there and getting to meet the farmers at the farmer's market and hear their stories about how they make their products and their foods and whatnot. Absolutely. And, and, we're t and you have to remember when you're talking about small business, you know, most of these local businesses, they're small businesses, they do not have the marketing muscle and the sophistication and savvy 
that major global corporations have, right? So of course you're going to recognize the Walmart when you come into town because they're everywhere and they advertise and they've got great branding and you know they have there's a and then uh, there's probably I, I can't even imagine how many people work in just the marketing department of Walmart right whereas your local farmers market probably is run by a volunteer group of people right farmer the people who work at farmers markets oh my gosh you want to talk about crazy hours and just grueling work so you ha you do have to if you really want to support local you're going to have to make an investment possibly a little bit more of an investment in the the price right because it can be a little more expensive than buying something that's been grown or imported from other places at a big box retailer but if you can make a little investment in time to find them then it's worth it right and you just have to have a little patience and grace for the fact that they they don't have the best marketing savvy their website may not be that great <laughs> you know it just it may not be as as convenient certainly not as convenient as going to the big box retailer but the experience is so much better i agree the experience is better and you usually get better quality products the food tastes yeah. better if you get the homemade soaps, they smell better, they last longer. You don't have all that ridiculous plastic packaging. <laughs> yes, that. that's right. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you touched on, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask that a lot of people will say, well, local is more expensive. So I'm glad you help explain why it's more expensive and the benefits of it. And you do have to make a choice that you know, this might cost a little bit more, but I'm supporting and I'm just going to pinch pennies in a different category on my budget to help make up for it. Absolutely. You know, the example of that for me is that I, I decided several years ago that I would really set some specific boundaries around the food that I buy in terms of just trying to buy more organic, grass-fed, local. And the way I justified it from a budget perspective is, you know, I was like, I throw away a lot of food, right? Um, and I was like, I decided to be a lot more conscientious of the, of the quantity that I was buying so that I could compensate with higher quality. And, and that's worked, you know, I, I don't, my refrigerator stays pretty, like it's a pretty minimalist approach. If you look inside my refrigerator, whereas, you know, a typical American family refrigerator is just filled with stuff and there's sort of like this constant rotating like oh we forgot the strawberries in the back right and so um it it does take some changes in practice but if, if you're willing to do that then you have that budget that you can use on some of those fun local items my last question for you is what do you have to say for people who fear the unknown they're afraid to buy something and try something new. You know, like they're, my husband is very, very brand loyal to Jif peanut butter only. He, he would not want to waste his money at a farmer's market for homemade peanut butter because it's gonna be, he doesn't wanna waste his money on it. He doesn't know if it's gonna be as good. He's already made it up in his mind. So we've got brand loyalty and then you've got the fear of what if it's not as good? Yeah. I don't wanna waste my money on it. You can't return it. Yeah, I know some of those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when you first asked like what do you do about the fear of no unknown people aren't who aren't willing to try and I have to say 
it's so hard for me to even wrap my head around that question. Like, like I hear the words in English you're saying, but I do not comprehend this concept of not being willing to try <laughs> because I'm such a, you know, I'm an adventurer, you know, I travel constantly and try different things constantly. I live for that. And so it's really challenging for me to imagine people not wanting to do that. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm like, that's half the fun is trying new stuff. But yes. okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, I do think you kind of have to pick your battles, right? So maybe food isn't the area where some people are willing to take risk. But what's another area they're willing to take risk? Maybe, maybe in the area of entertainment, right? I mean, by, again, buying local it's about supporting local people. So if, you know, if you're talking about a couple who goes to the movies a lot, maybe the way you're willing to take a little bit of a risk is like, well, how about we go see a local artist, right? Why, why, not, why not do something else a little bit different within the arena of entertainment to support a local business? Uh, it, it doesn't always have to be food. There are other types of products that you can, you know, if you're always going to the big box uh, hardware store, is there not a little local hardware store maybe that's, you know, been in the family for generations or, or something like that. And so, you know, just taking it one step at a time, because I think that with anything in sustainability, once you start exploring and making these changes, they lead to more changes and lead to more changes. And I think the other element of that is, is awareness. I think you have to be careful, right? You don't want to show someone like, oh, did you know about the cancer-causing pesticides used to grow that Jif peanut butter you love, right? I mean, you can do that, right? And, and that sometimes works. Because I think sometimes people are like, are you kidding me? I had no idea that this is, you know, um, but like, like an example for me of, of something that I've developed a real sensitivity over the years to most um, room deodorizers and scents and things like that. And so when I go to my parents' house and they have those, you know, those little automatic spritzer things, it actually gives me a headache. Like I, I seriously get a headache from it. And it took me a while to kind of finally figure out that that's what that was. But once you know, I was able to explain, like, I actually get a headache. <laughs> like, this isn't, like, I'm not just making this up. I'm sorry that I get a headache, but it happens. And so, you know, it opened, it was, then it's a moment of like, oh, okay, well, let me understand, like, why are you getting this headache? What is going on? And there's a little bit more of a willingness to make that change. So I think it's sort of that viral video of the turtle with the straw in its nose. You know, scientists have been trying to tell us plastics from the oceans for, more, you know, probably decades before that photo, that, that video went viral. But sometimes it takes a, a stark awareness to get somebody to think differently about a, a habit they're pretty set in. That was a very good point. It, it does. It, it does take a long time to, to break old habits and be consciously aware and mindful of creating new healthy habits. Yes. Well, we are just about out of time, unfortunately. You have been a wealth of knowledge. I have learned a lot, and I'm going to continue to think of 10,000 more questions once I let you go. And I'm sure that the listeners probably want to get more information from you. Do you mind sharing your social media handles with us? Absolutely. I will send you everything in an email, but it's Astrapto Academy on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Astrapto Academy. And 
I would love for you to continue asking the questions on social media. And at Astrapto, what we've started doing is featuring a topic of the month. So we have, we talk about sustainability and all kinds of topics every month, all the time. But each month we're really highlighting a topic. And in August, we are going to highlight the topic of buy local. So we'll be posting some social media posts on it and featuring some additional blogs and information. So hopefully those will be of use to you and your listeners. Oh, they most definitely will. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. You're welcome. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to cover before you go? Well, that's a can of worms because I could talk all day about sustainability. <laughs> <laughs> but I will just leave it at, I am grateful for the opportunity to open people's eyes to the benefit and beauty of Buy Local. I hope that it can be an impactful journey for people, but also one that uncovers new delights, new products, new services, new opportunities and relationships within your own community. And hopefully there's a, a lovely ripple effect from this conversation. All right. It has been quite an honor to talk with you. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kaylin. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you. You too. Wow. I really hope that everybody learned something from that and found it very fascinating. I know I sure did. I learned quite a bit when it comes to buying local and the importance of it. It was a really great pleasure and honor to talk to Dr. Benson and to get to share all of that conversation with you guys. What's even more cool is that today, August 10th, this podcast is getting launched. And tomorrow, the 11th, you can go to Dr. Benson's website, which is astropto, A-S-T-R-A-P-T-O, astropto. Go to her website and she has monthly open office hours and tomorrow on the 11th at 12 o'clock noon eastern standard time she is going to have an entire discussion about buying local so if you have follow-up questions that I might not have asked during this interview during this discussion that is your chance to go and join her in her office hours and ask all the questions that you want when it comes to buying local. Or not even asking questions. If you have different thoughts that you want to share, some additional feedback that you want to point out, that's your chance. It's so wonderful to pick her brain and to see things from her perspective and gain new insights. So I really strongly, really strongly want everybody to do that. I so want to do that, but I have to go to work. <laughs> And I have to serve food at lunchtime. So that is our busiest time. So I will not be able to be there. But I really hope that you guys are able to go for me and that I can live vicariously through you and share your experiences about it on the Facebook group. Don't forget that we have our own Facebook group, Starting Sustainability. So if you're not a part of that yet, I strongly encourage you to join in and be a part of that community. And don't forget, if you need to reference back to this, you can go to www.startingsustainability.com slash episode 40, the great big 4-0. I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their week and continues to stay sustainable. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.